podcast is presented by Torn Curtain Collective. Hi everyone and welcome to this episode in our series which we're calling Unseen. Today we're talking again about spiritual warfare. I'm here with Jeff and our topic topic today is engaging the enemy. I mean sometimes we sense an attack don't we Jeff on ourselves or on others and we feel like we need to take action. Sometimes evil feels like it's present or the atmosphere starts to get kind of heavy and dark and we want it gone. Sometimes we feel like things are just out of sync, they're out of place, and in that moment we feel compelled to step up and to engage and to do something. But when we do it, there's so many questions, because it's all so unseen. Yeah, and all of this wasn't terribly familiar to us, was it, Jeff? We believed in Satan and we believed in evil, but we were not really conscious of its influence in our lives for many years. I guess we thought of of the devil as a defeated foe. We considered him rather benign and weak. And certainly we gave little thought to really engaging with the enemy. We just didn't talk about him. Yeah, and we sure didn't have any weapons or any tools. Mm. Ephesians 6 and the armor of God was the extent of what we talked about. And sometimes we'd even go to that's the sort of the spirit, the sort of things that we learnt in Sunday school. But in the end, it was like we were prepared as Boy Scouts and then sent out to the battlefront. We need discernment in this, don't we? We're not talking about this because it's fun to pick a fight. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really important not to be flippant about this topic. We've had to come to grips with the significance of what we're doing when we engage with the enemy and push back darkness. We need to know which battles are ours to engage in. We need to know how we go about that or don't. And we need to know how to safeguard ourselves and those we love from any fallout. Because contrary to what we once assumed, the devil and his agents are active and nasty. They hate godly switched on children of God. And evil is called evil for a reason. So Anya, it's vitally important then that we recognize the enemy. Yeah, and I think the fundamentally important principle when we are engaging the enemy is that we need to be able to discern between good and evil. It's amazing really to us how often we meet people who seem to have got their good and evil really messed up. And it reminds me of that passage in Mark chapter 3 in the Bible where there's this incident and it makes this whole thing really clear. Some scribes come up to Jesus and they're like, we know how you do all these miracles, you know how you cast out demons by the power of Satan. And right there in that moment, they're attributing the works of God to the enemy. Actually, they're saying Jesus is doing the devil's work. Jesus responds with one of the strongest statements in all of scripture. First of all, he says, hang on a minute, how can Satan cast out Satan? A house divided against itself cannot stand. But then he goes on further and he says, actually, there's only one sin that's not going to be forgiven, and it's this one. It's blasphemy. It's what you've just done. You've got your good and evil completely reversed. You're attributing to God what is actually the work of the devil, and you're saying it's the devil when it's actually God. You've got everything back to front, and that's a huge issue. And that sounds very shocking, but it's more common than we ever realized. It brings us to this point where we've started to think quite clearly about God. And we take that scripture in James and it just talks about God being constantly and consistently good. That's where we start from. That's where we reason from. That gives us perspective and we move on from that point. 
Yeah, the goodness of God is exactly where we need to begin here. We've known so many people and we've done it ourselves throughout our lives where we have seen, for example, a catastrophe or something go terribly wrong. And in our ignorance of God's character, we've said, well, maybe that's God or God knows or he's in control or God allowed it. But actually in the moment we're attributing something that's not good to God. And what we're missing in all of that is we haven't factored in a devil. We haven't factored in an enemy. We've also heard of people who have seen amazing miracles. Often Christians might stand back and actually hold those people in real suspicion. It's too good to be true. It must be fake. Satan must be behind it. What we know from Mark 3 is that we had better be very, very careful about who we're ascribing the credit or the blame to in any given situation. We need to distinguish between good and evil. Yeah, that's right. And what we've found has been so helpful is to think about the attributes of God mm -hmm. and the attributes of Satan and not get them mixed up at all. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we know God is good. We know God is righteous. We know God is love. We love those attributes. And, and as Christians, we've been ignorant of the attributes of the devil. But actually, he's very simple. He's only got four attributes and they are he is a thief. He's a liar. He's an accuser and he's a murderer. In other words, he steals, he lies, he accuses, and he kills. If we're in a situation where any of these things are in play, it's not difficult to know who to attribute this to. And this ability to discern between good and evil, we've just found it's an important measure of our spiritual maturity, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And the point of all this whole podcast series is we want to see God's people come to maturity. Hebrews 5 tells us that solid food is for the mature. And the way it describes people who are mature is, is it says those who by constant use have trained themselves, trained their senses to distinguish good and evil. And I think this is really important. Once we can ascertain the presence or the work of the enemy, we start to become more aware, more sensitive I think often as children, we're just so sensitive to when something in the environment is evil. But as we get older, we can tend to lose that a bit. So it's good to realize that actually, as Christians, we need to sharpen our senses again. And we need to get confident in terms of distinguishing between good and evil. And as we search the scriptures, we find we start to think differently about what the fight is and who the enemy is. Yeah, Jeff, we often say this in our family, don't we? People are never the enemy. And it brings us to Ephesians 6, where it just says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against people, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Yeah, and I love that verse, but it actually highlights something else, apart from the fact that our battle is spiritual. There's a presumption there that we will struggle, that there is a fight to be had against evil, right? We're not here to just be blasé about it. Yeah, and I, I remember the time that we first engaged in spiritual warfare and we were quite unprepared. We were at home and, and there was just suddenly the sense of a heavy evil presence in our home, wasn't there? Yeah, and we just had no idea what to do. No. We felt really ill-equipped, yeah. actually. And then I think God brought some friends into our lives who sat down and shared with us a lot of you know what they knew in this space. We now had some perspectives on how to go forward. Yeah, and we didn't have a chance to go home and get our house sorted and deal with this dark, heavy feeling that was happening in our home, did we? Because that weekend we were heading off to a church camp yeah, and we right. packed up all the kids. We were in the car. I remember we got there really late and we were super, super tired by the time we finally went to get everyone to bed on Friday night. We thought everyone would just, you know, fall very quickly off to sleep. Only that wasn't the case, was it? Oh, it was a very difficult night. Probably maybe the worst in our whole entire life. 
I remember you put Liberty down into her little bassinet. She was not even one year old. And suddenly she started screaming like she was in terror. And it wasn't any, it wasn't normal screaming. It was something else yep. entirely. Yeah, it was bizarre. And, and, then, and it, then halfway through the night, Heavy started sleepwalking off the top bunk. And I remember catching her in the midair and it was like, oh my goodness, what's going on? Everything is just crazy. Yeah, it was just a, there was, our cabin was just full of something that was incredibly troubling to everyone and no yeah, one got any sleep. there was no sleep. sleep to be had. No. Yeah, and I remember the next day after lunch, I was like, Jeff, hey, can you take Liberty back? She just really needs to sleep. Can you take her back to the cabin while this next session's on and get her a bit of rest? And so you went and for I a second I thought that round. was a marvellous idea because I thought, oh, this will be my chance. I can catch up too. Yeah, exactly. How did it go for you, Jeff? <laughs> my plans didn't come off. The moment I put Liberty down to sleep again, she just went crazy. She was just screaming and, and suddenly I just, something clicked in my head. And I went, I know what this is. And I just started to go through this process that we'd been taught and did what it needed to be done to, to cast this evil spirit out of this room. And it was amazing that the moment I said, in Jesus' name, I cast you out, Liberty was just asleep. Just in that moment, she was gone. And I was looking down at her and she's just an absolute picture of peace. And it was just, wow, that is so affirming. But the next day, Jeff, we realized that you had forgotten something because you were up at lunch talking to your friend who was actually sharing the cabin next door to us. And I remember he, him saying, hey, Jeff, how did you sleep last night? And you were like, oh, we had a great night's sleep. It was fantastic. After the night before, it was awesome. How was your night? And I remember he looked at you and he said, oh, my goodness, Jeff, we had the most nightmarish night. And, and he just described it word for word. Yeah. It was just... He was like, my little baby would just screamed all night. And I thought, oh, no, I know what's happened. <laughs> yeah. I had left a whole piece out. And instead of telling the, the evil spirit where to go, I had just said go. And, and basically, I just emptied my rubbish into the cabin next door. But in a strange sort of way, Jeff, that was still an affirmation for us, wasn't it? Because now we realise, yeah, actually, right. this unseen realm has substance yeah and and liberty falling asleep just in that moment and what my friend it was all oh i can actually see the cause and effect happening even though we're, we're dealing with something that's very unseen and and very new to us yeah absolutely and that was a really big deal for us but as we went on we realized actually the enemy can mess around even in the smaller stuff of life and it's not always as big and daunting as that i remember that i had a situation where um some people were making phone calls and they just every time they they called my home there was angst there was tension and actually there in the end there were accusations and a lot of meanness in those phone calls it just left us all actually people we you know we loved each other terribly much but actually it left us all quite on edge and I remember just getting to the point where I would say the phone would ring and I'd go oh I think it might be them and I'd just go in Jesus' name, I put the cross of Christ between those people and me. And what I found was suddenly all of that stopped. It was like, you know what? Meanness has to stop at the cross of Christ. A spirit of jealousy has to stop at the cross of Christ. A spirit of accusation. And you're just dealing with the real problem. Yeah, we're just you? dealing yeah, with yeah. the enemy who uses people to hurt us. But yeah. actually, he had to stop at the cross of Christ. And I just declared, as I'm going to pick up the phone, only grace is allowed through. Only kindness is allowed past the cross of Christ. Only love is allowed loud and it's so very important and that's why we keep coming back to this one takeaway message which is this people are never the enemy yeah and that's one principle but let's give them another one when it comes to how the enemy works we have found actually it was it was something that the lord just revealed to us in a very special way but this idea that the threat comes before the blow 
Yeah, I remember we were driving up a very steep hill in another country and there was a big cliff down one side. It was very dark at night and there were no barriers on the road and we had our four children asleep in the back. And as we were driving home that, that night, I suddenly actually got quite scared. I was I was quite terrified in the moment. I said, Jeff, if a truck comes hurtling around that corner right now, there's nowhere for us to go. We'd be over the edge. And in that moment, Jeff, we hadn't taken a hit. We'd been threatened. I felt a sense of threat. And I remember your response in that moment was just to say, Lord, we put all of our family under your protection. You know, we, we ask you to, you know, to send angels that you're going to bring us home safely, that you keep us safe on these roads. You know, we push back any any threat to our yeah, life right now. the enemy from harming us. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And it was amazing that as we went around that corner, right up ahead was a huge truck heading in our direction. And, you know, I don't know what was what could have been in play but yeah, I do right. know that we've for, for many years now we have held on to this principle the threat comes before the blow not to leave us frightened but to empower us to say actually if there's a chance this could happen I'm going to intervene and put a stop to it what God showed us is that when the enemy's got a plan against us they just can't help but come and taunt us about it before it happens and we can use that as an opportunity to say hey now I know what's going on instead of giving way to fear I'm just going to cut this off. I'm going to speak words, declarations against it. And this is not going to come to pass yeah, in absolutely. Jesus' mighty name. Yeah, and it's you're going to over. change the outcome that was intended against us. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's really a, a wonderful insight for life. So, Jeff, let's talk about another strategy that we use against the enemy sometimes. Not often, actually, but I think this one's an interesting one. And that's to combat the enemy with silence. Yeah, and God uses this himself doesn't he mm. you have these moments where you think oh i need I, I need some intervention from heaven i need something 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 has to change and you hear nothing it feels like it's too late and all of a sudden the miracle will come always at the 11th hour right and what we discovered is that god sometimes uses radio silence to get the job done because if we're all talking about his plans then the enemy knows that as well and he can circumvent it I think we noticed this when we went over to Turkey and we thought we were headed for one particular city. Yeah. It was an amazing city. And actually, if we'd been looking for circumstances to fall into place, everything fell into place. It was quite incredible. And so we were heading off to one particular city and it wasn't until God got us to Turkey that actually he completely shifted that plan on us. Everything we had organized um, fell over, basically, and God redirected us. What we realized in retrospect as we looked back was that what God had in mind for us in that second city was so significant that if the enemy had been onto it, he would have pulled out all the stops for, to keep it from happening. Yeah, right. yeah. we realized that uh, God had actually set up a decoy and he was using radio silence even with us. We had no idea of his plans and then all of a sudden he just revealed it and he got his way. It was really incredible. Yeah, another another tactic we can use against the enemy and to, to really push him back, Jeff, I think, is to bring the opposite spirit to a situation. We have found that in times of real lack in our family, you know that it's like the enemy, you know, he is a thief. It's like he is going to steal every last thing you've got. This isn't from God. This isn't the way God operates. But in the place of things being stolen away, in the place of loss, our response is then let's give, let's be generous. Instead of going, instead of pulling back, let's actually come against that in the opposite spirit. Mm, yeah. 
one particular time where I felt like I just had so much to do to pull off a particular event I was putting on Jeff and I actually had this huge list and a lot of people I needed to contact and a lot of little details I needed to work on and the ho- and, and I felt very very overwhelmed and again that's not from God God doesn't overwhelm us does he he doesn't lay on us burdens that are too heavy for us to bear yeah, and right. I really in a very deliberate way I set aside a whole day 24 hours and I said I am going to rest all of this day. And it wasn't because I was tired and needed a break. It was nearly like I was going to say, look, enemy, you want to put, you know, you want to come against me in a completely overwhelming way, but watch me bring the opposite spirit. I'm going to sit here. I'm going to deliberately rest. I'm going to put my trust in God. And you know, it was really interesting. Five o'clock that night, the doorbell rang and it was a friend. And she said, Anya, I've been thinking about you today. I've come up with this plan. I hope it's okay. Tell me if it's not. And she handed me a flyer. And on that, she had organized a huge fundraiser for us. Now, that was just one of the details that that had been hanging over me. But while I rested, God got it sorted. Yeah, and, and it's amazing just this idea of walking in dominion, walking in authority over the enemy. We are rising up. I love those words. I stand to my full height in the spirit. I just love the the image of that, of, of standing up against the enemy and we're resisting him and we're operating from a place where we're far above him, seated with Christ in heavenly places. Yeah, just, just the rhythm of speaking protection over the family, a lifestyle of declarations prompted by the Holy Spirit, setting us up sort of like a defensive barrier all around us. Yeah, but I think it's important that as Christians, we do not get fixated on this stuff. We don't want to be seeing the devil everywhere we look. Remember that good and evil is not a fair fight. God is good. He's powerful. He's glorious. He's supreme. He operates on a whole other level of wisdom and strategic thinking. And the cross absolutely demolished the power of the enemy. And remember that that you know that Satan has been publicly humiliated. He has been publicly defeated. So there are still battles to be fought aren't there but the war was decisively won at the cross yeah and I remember getting to a time in our family's experience where you know I actually got quite tired of fending off the enemy it was like he was always in our face you know wherever you turned he was coming at us in one way or the other I mean there's six of us there's always someone (laughs) who's experiencing a bit of trouble you know what I mean and I just felt like it never ever let up and actually that gets really tiring and I remember when I really grasped this that the war was won at the cross and we actually fight against the enemy our territory has been taken by Jesus and I pictured in my mind when two countries go to war against each other the battle is is hard and it's bloody and and there are casualties but after the war has been won that's when boundary lines get redrawn and I pictured our life Jeff our realm our family you know and that included everything that we loved and we love and care about I pictured that as our country our territory and what I did was something that was quite strategic I said actually I'm going to draw a draw my boundary lines and then I'm going to draw a big no man's land around my realm and I call and in Jesus name I station angels all the way around the no man's land and they can keep back the enemy out of our life no more fisticuffs no more hand-to-hand combat with the enemy we've got bigger things to live for they can fight you know I call on them to fight our battles for us and look if the enemy slips through and something hits us every now 
now and then, sure, we will fend it off and we will go to bat and we will engage with the enemy. But I do think it was very, um, it was a big shift for me and for our family when we actually pushed the enemy out and said, actually, you're trespassing. This battle's been won and now you can you can stand at a distance. I mean, as we finish off, what we're really doing through this whole podcast is we're saying this is our testimony. We knew nothing about any of this stuff. We knew nothing about spiritual warfare. And I guess in the past, we were quite oppressed by evil without really knowing what was going on. But what God's done is he's brought us into more insight, more perspective. He's given us tools to use. He's put this whole lot of confidence and authority in us. And we've got to a place now where we don't live in fear anymore. We don't feel oppressed anymore. We can stand up. We can hold our ground. And now we can welcome the kingdom of God into our family, into our lives.